Has your brand been struggling to reach the correct audience when advertising? We've all done it. Maximize privacy filters on our phones and apps because who wants to be talking about something for it to pop up mysteriously later? It's weird and everyone hates it. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. You know how much we love Zencaster, and their new creator network is no different. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's creator network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's creator network is a perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favorite creators, like us. So stop wasting advertising dollars on ad campaigns that aren't targeting your niche audience. Let Zencaster's Creator Network match you with podcasters who can ensure that your target audience is being reached. We love Zencaster so much, and being able to see ad opportunities come across our dashboard with a percentage match to see how much our audiences line up is game-changing. It helps creators really get behind brands that mean something to them. And with a podcast show for just about anything you can think of, your brand is no exception. Are you interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash gruesome and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie. Along with my candied yam, ham. I was going to say ham, but that sounds Candied weird. ham? I kind of like ham better. <laughs> <laughs> and she is going to tell us about the kidnapping of Chloe Ailing. Yes. Uh, so for today's episode, I think our friends in England are going to know about a lot of this already. But I feel like they have... Because of their media, they have very biased view on it. I don't know if all of them do, but this happened in Europe. So we're going across the pond again today. Oh, by paper. Uh, I hadn't heard about it until I fell into one of my rabbit holes. And so now you guys get to hear about it too. Yeah, I've never heard of this either. In 2016, a man who called himself MD posted on the dark web. And he was looking for work as an assassin. And while you think this might involve some like CD code words or vague phrasing, like DM me for the details, you know, it actually read, hi all, new to forum, new to deep web, find it pretty straightforward. I am trying to use deep web capabilities to promote my very specific services I have to offer. Six years, Spetsnaz experience, five years, private military company experience, or mercenary if you wish. Service, hitman with full middleman implementation. (laughs) So that's how you get to be an assassin on the dark web, I guess. I don't know. I'm getting like, (laughs) I'm getting like uh, the CIA vibes again. (laughs) It's, uh, you know what? It's, those are the correct vibes to have for this case. Um. I was like, what's Spetsnaz? But it's Russian military. It's like the best of the best Russian military. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had no idea. I don't know how the dark web works either. I it's don't even know. I've heard people like it was on the dark web. 
I was like, <laughs> how do I don't even know how to get to the dark web? Is it like, where is you, it? You turn your browser into private mode and it just pops up. That's the dark web because it's black, right? That's like the color. Yeah, it's like it goes dark. It's like, this is it. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> have you know, have you seen those TikToks? It's like, name something that you don't know how it works. Mine is the dark web. It's also just like the internet. Like, I'm not interested <laughs> in knowing how it works. I'm just glad it does. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Honestly, no one really took him seriously on this forum. He was trolled out of it as soon as he posted it. They were like, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Yeah, this is the baking bread forum, man. You're. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think Reddit was the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> Not not anymore. Maybe it used to be. I don't know. I don't know the history of Reddit. Actually, I did hear the a historical fact about Reddit the other day, and it was really sad. We'll talk about it at the end. Remind me. MD in real life was obsessed with a young mother and model named Chloe Ailing. Chloe joined the supermodel agency in 2016. I know when you hear supermodel you're like tall runway but that was not the kind of models that supermodel agency employed chloe was really petite she's 5'3 and she's very voluptuous and she is still a model but her work is less high fashion and more swimsuit uh she has a pretty extensive following on social media you can still find her her insta is her name 97 it's like chloe ailing 97 so you can go see what i'm talking about if you want um, but with the supermodel agency, she was a very popular model. The agency is run by this guy named Phil Green, who quite frankly gives me ick vibes. But he is a big part of the story, so we'll talk about him. <laughs> part of why he gives me ick vibes is because I, don't know, I read this thing about him insisting on measuring all of his models in the agency himself so that they couldn't lie. And I was like, Ew. They're literally That's... models. Why would they lie? <laughs> um, he has a profile that reads that he is a lawyer, a part-time DJ, and he also runs this modeling agency, among other things. I'm sure. That does sound it. That's like every yeah, guy you meet in LA on the street. Yeah, very hey. good. Um, Phil took a call in March of 2017, specifically requesting Chloe for a shoot in Paris for a motorcycle magazine. Phil's job was to ensure a model safety and the legitimacy of these gigs that came through and to make sure they got paid. The photographer that sent the request was Andre Lazio and he sent photos of his previous work, his studio, Belle Mafique, and the exact location that they would be shooting at in France. All of her traveling arrangements would be accommodated and she was going to be paid for her time. The shoot would require her measurements because they were going to make her a custom outfit. So of course, Phil had to do those, which means that she had to go get them done. But she was really excited to go to Paris. She wanted to get there early so she could explore. And she arrived on Thursday, April 20th. A driver took her to the Hotel Madeleine Plaza, and she headed out to check out the Eiffel Tower. She had dinner, and then she went back to her room. Less than one mile away from where Chloe had been having dinner, a police officer was shot and killed and two others were wounded after a lone gunman opened fire after ambushing them and he was killed as he left the scene but because she had been a popular model especially with magazines and like tabloids 
the newspapers printed about it that she had been like in the middle of all of this at the same time. It was uh, we'll talk about what it's called. It was a page three model was in the middle of the shooting. So, but that night she actually just stayed in her room for the night. Um, and the next morning, the photographer Andre called to let her know that his studio had been looted and that the photo shoot was canceled. A car was coming to take her back to the airport. You know, that's fair. Can't help that your gear is stolen. Mm-hmm. So she checked out of the hotel and she went down to get in the car and head back to the airport. But when she got there, the driver was like, hey, you have to pay me. She's like, this isn't paid. And she couldn't get a hold of Phil because he was still asleep. And she hadn't been paid since she was there because the shoot didn't happen. So she called Andre. And the cab driver was like, that's fine. We're going to wait here until he gets here to pay me. So you can't leave. And he showed up. He paid the driver. He gave her some money. He apologized. And he left her to wait for her plane. When she got back, she learned that Andre still wanted to work with her. But their shoot was going to be moved to a different location in Milan. Which you think, you know, Milan is fashion, right? Who yeah. Who would be excited to go to Milan in Italy? It was going to be in July of that same year. Phil checked on the new location, and a few months later, Chloe was on her way to Milan. She was close with her mom and always kept her in the know, especially when she was on the job, because when he wasn't with her or his dad, Chloe had a son, and that was with her mom. After the Milan shoot, her mom was waiting to hear from her, but after midnight, she became really concerned when she hadn't. She was supposed to do that shoot that morning, and then she was going to be on a plane to come home that evening. If her flight had been delayed, she definitely would have called. Her mom called Phil, who also hadn't heard from her, and suggested that, oh, you know what, I bet she stayed in Milan an extra day and she's going to fly out because she was going to go to Ibiza next. Probably just stayed there an extra day and she's going to go to Ibiza. And they waited until the morning to see if maybe she had lost her phone or she decided to stay. But by morning, still no one had heard from her. So, first thing, she called Phil again. He checked his emails, thinking maybe maybe she sent me an email because she broke her phone. And an email did sit in his inbox. The sender was listed as the Black Death Group. And it read, Hi, Phil Green. I go by the name MD. I am a mid-level contract killer working for Black Death Group. Chloe has been taken and is currently under my wings, and as long as I live, nothing will happen to her, I give my word. The email went on to explain that Chloe was going to be auctioned and trafficked to the highest bidder on the dark web the following Sunday, unless Phil could provide $300,000. Also attached were the names of three men who might be willing to pay for Chloe's release. MD was allegedly protecting Chloe and risking his life, by writing to Phil. The sentence for just releasing Chloe would have been death for both of them, but he was trying to work with Phil to get the money and get her back. The Black Death abided by the strict rule that no merchandise leaves unpaid, and Chloe was the merchandise. Phil responded to that email with a single word, received. In 2015, a journalist named Joseph Cox with Vice, he wrote about his own experience with the Black Death Group. Oh, so um, that's real. Yeah, okay. he, he pretended okay. to infiltrate a dark web auction while 
posturing that he was flush with Bitcoin, um, but the group didn't buy it, and they cut all contact with him before the auction took place. Cox described the listing that he was attempting to gain access to, and it read, Nicole's starting bid is set at $150,000. A picture of a blonde, partially nude woman who appeared to be restrained was in photos accompanying this listings. Um, she, her arms were tied behind her back. There was a rope connecting her to a wire frame. Uh, the listing for the auction included her breast size, her weight, and a disclaimer that she was free from sexually transmitted diseases. And this auction was being held by the Black Death Group. Then, in May of 2016, UK authorities said that two teen girls, 15-year-old Laura and 17-year-old Gemma, were also being trafficked by the group, calling the girls merchandise, auctioning them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Black Death did not publicly advertise their services. If their location would get too much traffic, they would just pull the whole thing, and you had to be invited by a current member to gain access. It's like very culty undercurrent mm -hmm. stuff. So Phil did one thing right. He did call the police in Milan when Chloe didn't contact him or her mother. They were not helpful. They were like, come to Milan and make a missing persons report. He's in the UK. Like, he's not, it's not just, I mean, you can just pop over, but you're going to have to get a plane ticket, you know? Um, so he called the British consulate, and they promised that they were going to speak with Milan officials, and they did. And the British consulate protects the interests of UK nationals in other countries. There's consulates for all kinds of places. Um, but they gave him advice and help and they gave support to any UK national when they're abroad. And I guess that's what they did. But again, I hadn't really ever looked into what a consulate does until mm -hmm. this case. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, her mom called the local police who contacted Phil to get the emails and the email that Phil had received had the names of those three men who he could contact to try to get money for her release. And the police took over Phil's email in order to speak with them and hopefully negotiate Chloe's release. When Milan officers arrived at the location where the photo shoot was supposed to have taken place, they found kind of an empty storefront. Inside, it was a corridor, and once they walked in, they saw that a suitcase had been set down to the side also in the building, they found a cell phone, shoes, clothing, and a pink jacket. There was a note that said, Black Death Group, Chloe. As police continued to converse with this man named MD, his frustration became a lot more apparent. The police, posing as Phil, were not agreeing to any sort of payment, and MD replied to one of their emails telling them that time was running out. He said, despite the fact that he was a contract killer, real life wasn't fucking John Wick, and he would be unable to protect her unless they paid. I just thought it was weird. You're going to throw a John Wick reference in there? Yeah, leave Keanu out of this, you douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> a photo of Chloe, seemingly drugged, was attached. She lays on the floor in a pink bodysuit and socks, and her eyes are just kind of open and, like, staring off into the distance. Like, she looks dazed. Um, also attached was what appeared to be an advertisement organizing her sale. 
The day of her auction approached and police were still unable to find Chloe. Her family and friends were left wondering what would happen on Monday after the auction at 9.30 a.m., a man and woman walked into the British consulate in Milan. The woman approached the desk and told the lady behind it that she did not have an appointment. It was an emergency. She said that she was Chloe Ailing and that she had been kidnapped. They immediately knew who she was because they'd been talking to her mom and Phil. They've been in constant contact with them since they've been missing. Um, her photo and description had been released to every police station in Europe. So she was ushered into a room and the man that was with her was held by security. So police arrive. And they're like, okay, we got to question her. She said that the man who was with her was a friend that she had called after she had been released by her abductors. But she couldn't give them his phone number. She didn't have any way to call him. So over the next several hours, Chloe just really rolled out everything that had happened in the last like half a week, more than half a week. When she had arrived at the address, she had found that all the doors were locked. There were buzzers next to the door, but no indication as to which one would ring to a studio. So she opted to call Andre to ask someone to let her in. A man named Daniel answered Andre's phone and directed her to the location of the photo shoot. It wasn't very far, but it didn't look like a studio at all. It looked like an abandoned storefront. The scene she should have walked into would have looked like a motorcycle strapped to a base in front of a green screen. There would have been lights and cameras and music, wardrobe, hair, people, you know, it should have been yeah, like yeah. buzzing, but it was silent. She found a door with the word studio printed on it. And as she reached to open the door, someone attacked her from behind. A man stepped out wearing a ski mask and literally stuck a shot of sedative into her arm and everything went black. When Chloe began to come to, she was handcuffed in what she thought was a dark room. She was in the fetal position and it was so hot. She was able to use her sweat and her tongue to get the duct tape off of her mouth. But as she began to shake off whatever she had been given, she realized that she was actually zipped inside of a piece of luggage, which seemed to be in the trunk of a vehicle. She was wearing only a bodysuit and her socks. Chloe was able to wiggle the zipper open to let some air into the large duffel bag that she had been shoved into. After she caught her breath, she began to scream, demanding that she be let out. And she was able to worm her handcuffed hands out of the bag and move her way out. The car pulled over and the trunk opened. Two men replaced the tape on her mouth and shoved her back into the trunk. And the men stopped to check on her several times. They would replace the duct tape and she would continue to get it off. And after the third time, a different man climbed into the trunk and spooned her as a new driver took over. So spooned with her in the trunk of the car. That's disgusting. So gross. And he was like trying to calm her down and tell her like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to tell you where we're going, but you're going to be fine. Like in no way is that comforting. It's no. scary and creepy. After hours of driving, Chloe was put back into the duffel bag and carried into a home. 
One of the men still had a ski mask on, but the other did not. She asked if she could use the bathroom, and the man in the ski mask followed her, made her leave the door open. She was then taken to a bedroom with just a double mattress and a sleeping bag in it. The sleeping bag was on the floor. It was not on the mattress, and the sleeping bag was going to be where she got to sleep. So with her hands and feet handcuffed, she just laid on the sleeping bag. That night, while she laid on the floor, unable to move or sleep due to her handcuffs and her situation, her attention was captured when she began to hear yelling and slamming from downstairs in the house. A man stomped up the steps and released her hands from the handcuffs, leaving the ones on her feet, and he sat down across from her. Chloe realized at this moment that this was Andre, the photographer from Paris who had come to pay for her cab. Except his name is not Andre. He told her that she could call him MD. Mm. And that he worked for the same organization that all of the other men that had abducted her worked for. Black Death. MD also informed Chloe that she had been listed for sale and would be auctioned off to the highest bidder in just a few days. He showed her the listing, and she saw that picture that Phil had received, except next to her photo was all of that information. And in list form, it read, Chloe, born in UK, abducted in Italy, held in Germany, 19 years old, Caucasian, 34 double D, 25, 35, beginner model, starting bid, 300,000. And then the date that the auction was supposed to take place, which is July 16th, 2017. And then there was also a link to her Instagram account so any potential buyers could go see what she looked like. MD explained that there was an issue because on Black Death's site, which was a very strictly run organization, The rules clearly stated that we do not sell girls that are terminally ill, have STDs, are pregnant, or are mothers. And Chloe had a two-year-old son. Chloe told police that MD had told her that she was supposed to be abducted in Paris. But when he saw photos of her with her son, the abduction had been canceled. But then, again, due to a misunderstanding, she had been lured to Milan, taken, and listed. And there were clients all over the world that were interested in her. MD told her details about what happened to other girls that were trafficked by Black Death and the people that purchased them. He said that within the hierarchy of the organization, he was at a level 12, but there were 20 levels. He was an assassin for the organization, and he usually killed people by poisoning them. She was upset, but MD reassured her that he was going to do everything he could to help her. Black Death was a business, and if they could get that $300,000 starting bid, then they would let her go. So she gave them the names of those three people she was involved with in hopes that they would, one of them might be able to pay her starting bid. Over the next few days, MD continued to come and talk to her. At first, telling her about his job and how he had to kidnap three to four girls per week, that they stayed in a shed on the property and she should feel lucky that she wasn't going to be harmed or raped and that she got to stay in the house and not the shed. It was against Black Black Death policy to, as he said, spoil the merchandise. So that's why she wasn't going to be harmed. 
He told her that if she tried to run, she was going to be hunted down and killed. She couldn't scream, so even if she tried, they were in such a deserted, remote area that no one would hear her, so she couldn't escape on foot. MD would bring her pizza and eventually offer to share half of the double bed with her. As attempts to extort money from those who knew her went awry, MD seemed to be genuinely interested in her, and he started sharing things that he thought would impress her, like how much money he made, and he was telling her about his life before he was in Black Death. He even told Chloe his real name. So she's like noticing this, and in an act of self-preservation, which we would all do, she made an effort to act interested in what he told her, and she was being kind to him. 100%, that's what you do. Yep, you're like, and she humanized herself. She did exactly what you should do. She talked about her mom and her son, and she he started to tell her that he really actually wanted to find a way out of the organization. They played games together, and four days after Chloe's abduction, MD began to talk about pursuing a relationship with her and asked her if he could kiss her. She really, like, threw that Uno reverse card on this situation, like, made it work in her favor. Mm-hmm. And she knew that she could use that to her advantage. And she said that maybe if she was free, then they could pursue a relationship. They could do those things. And that is how she got him to get Black Death to free her. In exchange for Bitcoin and a promise to promote the organization and the idea that she might pursue a relationship with him. She received a letter from the organization from MD that said... She was being released as a generosity, and she had to agree that upon getting home, she would cease any investigation related to the kidnapping. She would sneak a, some predetermined information to the media about what had happened, and she was going to treat Black Death with respect because they said that she had been treated fairly. So she met that demand, and she was going to pay them 50000 Bitcoin, Um, And if she failed to meet their requirements, she would be eliminated. And by eliminated, they meant killed because Black Death was everywhere. They were always watching. That's what he kept telling her. Like, I can't do certain things because every, they're all watching constantly. After 15 hours of questioning by police, like this girl is a victim and the police questioned her for 15 hours straight, right out, right out the gate. They deduced that There seemed to have been five people who participated in the kidnapping. Two who had taken her, the man who had spooned her in the trunk, the masked man, and MD. But MD was not MD or Andre Lazio. His name was Lucas Herba. He was a Polish man that lived in the UK. Police learned while following up at the house that she had been kept in a rundown farmhouse that Lucas had rented for the last 20 days. He didn't own it like he had claimed that he had. The closest town for supplies had been View, Italy, and they hadn't even been in Germany. They were still in Italy. The town was quiet, and after being shown a photo of Lucas, many of the locals recognized him from the last few weeks. They're like, yeah, that guy's been walking around town for 20 days. He's bought groceries. He's been having a lot of pizza here. He was taking leftovers from the pizza place nearly every day. The grocery store owner said that he had seen him alone several times. However, that Sunday, he had had a girl with him. 
She had waited outside for him while he shopped for fruit. She had also gone to a shoe store with him, and Chloe had gotten a pair of sneakers. And police started compiling all the CCTV footage that they could find from Sunday morning. Chloe and her abductor had walked around town holding hands in matching sweatsuits, but hers was a lot too was way too big for her because it wasn't hers, obviously. And again, if I'm trying to trick my abductor into letting me go, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm same page, life or death. I'll do whatever I can do to make sure I get out of there alive. But still, police saw this stuff and they wanted cl- clarification because she didn't tell them that in the initial interview. And she said that the initial plan had to been had been to drop her off a 20-minute walk away from the British consulate. And to do that, she needed shoes. And her bag had been where she left it when she was taken. So they went into the shoe shop and she'd bought the first pair of shoes close to her size. But the plan to drop her 20 minutes away was abandoned when they got to Milan two hours before the British consulate opened. Instead, they had breakfast And Lucas told her that she should say that he's just a friend who he had called or who she had called when she had been released. And he really thought that if she walked in there, a missing person for five days and was like, this is just my friend. He just dropped me off that he was just going to walk out of there and be like, you're welcome for the help. See you later. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Mm -hmm. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) Absolutely not. Police were really rude to her when she was explaining this. They were like, how can we believe anything you say now because of these the CCTV footage and the fact that they had been holding hands and the fact that they felt like she could have run. She didn't have her cell phone. So when she was finally done with questioning, she was told that she was going to have to stay in a safe house in Italy until they decided they would give her passport or her phone back. So she didn't have anything. And Lucas was still telling his side of the story in all his questioning. And he stuck to that story that he had initially thought up, that he was just a friend of Chloe, that she called, and he had to come and take her to the consulate. He had tried to leave, but then he was detained, and then they arrested him. For what? He'll never know. He has no No, idea. He's just an innocent friend. Police discovered a false ID on him. Shocker. (laughs) Conveniently. see that coming. It was in the same name that had been used to rent the abandoned shop front that he told Phil Green was his studio. He also had a business card with the name Permanent Solution and a logo of a Grim Reaper on one side. And on the back was a complicated dark web email address. Just on a business card. Here you go. <laughs> if, you want to reach, <laughs> if you want to reach me on the dark web. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, it's like 37 letters. lucas then admitted to being part of the plot to kidnap chloe but he's like my role was just to rent properties around europe i rented the shop front i rented the farmhouse and he said that the kidnapping had been orchestrated by a group of romanians who paid him five hundred thousand pounds and the only reason he agreed to take part was because he had leukemia and he needed the money to pay for medical treatment. That's unfortunate because there are a lot of people who have leukemia and you're just using it as like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, that's he didn't because he couldn't provide the names of any of his doctors. 
had no evidence that he was sick in any way whatsoever. Oh, lovely. Mm -hmm. He also made no mention of the Black Death group. When Chloe's drug tests came back, her urine had no drugs in it, but a hair test revealed the presence of ketamine, which is a dissociative anesthetic that can induce sedation, immobility, and amnesia. And she had a needle mark in her arm consistent with the story of her being jabbed. She had bruises around her wrists and ankles from handcuffs. And if you've heard this story, if you're familiar with it, then you have undoubtedly heard the rumors that go along with it. The primary one that this was all a big publicity stunt. And I truly believe that people only said that 100% because of the way Chloe looks. I don't think there is any, and how she behaved afterwards. And neither of those things, she did nothing wrong with either of those things. And I'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, but it really went awry and started to unwind like this after the Italian police held a press conference because the British media went absolutely buck wild. She had been photographed as this page three girl. It's like a scantily clad photo in a magazine, like a Maxim magazine, right? Yeah. Like the how those girls are posed. So they started publishing these headlines about her escaping a kidnapping, but only with these super provocative photos of her. Not like, you know, her as a mom. That, like, yeah, not as a mom, not as just like a college student. Nope. Just the just the sexy ones. A few days after she was released, Chloe took police to all of the places that she had been taken. And she really seemed super calm at first. She took them to the fake studio and showed them where she had been grabbed. She described where she was attacked and what had happened. She took them to the village where they had gone to buy shoes and she retraced the route that she and Lucas had taken from where he parked the car to the shoe shop and then to the grocery to buy fruit. But she broke down when she got to the house because it was not nearly as remote as she had been led to believe. There were houses on either side, and had Chloe screamed or run, the neighbors might have heard her. Everything else was exactly as she had told police it was. Even the blankets on the beds, the way she had described them, were as she said they were. But she was still terrified that Black Death was watching her and that they were going to come for her because she wasn't keeping up her side of the bargain. And she thought that Lucas, the only link to Black Death that she knew about, could protect her from them. So she was preparing to give her testimony in court so that she could go home and they were going to just record it and then use it in court so she didn't have to stay in Italy. Um, and when she was doing that, police told her that she didn't have to be afraid of Black Death coming for her because Black Death didn't exist. From their investigations, there were only two people involved in her abduction, Lucas and his brother, Michael. There was no second team who took oh. over. Lucas and Michael had abducted her. Michael was the man who had climbed in the trunk with her, and Lucas was the masked man who had never spoke. He was her abductor. Chloe was never going to be auctioned on the dark web. Lucas had kidnapped her with the hope of getting a ransom for her, but he was also obsessed with her. And for two years, his ulterior motive was that he was going to make Chloe fall in love with him so that they could start a relationship. Bro, just like 
Tinger on Tinder or something like this. Slide into your DMs at that point. We're going too hard. The Black Death Group was a hoax. I mentioned earlier that the journalist posted about this one he was trying to get into, but he went on to reveal that those pictures that he saw on the website were taken from a porn. They were just like screen captures. There was no Black Death, just Lucas Herba and his obsession with Chloe. Um, Chris Montiero from Pirate.London blog tracked down the email address that was on the back of his like dark web business card. And that's how they found out he had been offering his services as a mercenary by the name MD in mm-hmm. 2016. So, bro, <laughs> I know he's a mess. Lucas had also emailed the Daily Mirror two days after Chloe had been taken with the subject line, British model kidnapped by Russian mafia, and he offered to sell them the stories and photo of Chloe. When Chloe was finally allowed to go home, she made a very small statement for the press. She just said, I've been through a terrifying experience. I feared for my life second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour. I am incredibly grateful to the Italian and UK authorities for all that they have done to secure my safe relief. And that was it. She went inside. They're just kind of talking about that, like just getting to the point. And that's exactly what she did. Mm -hmm. She said her thing and she was like, all right, see you later. And the press ripped her apart because they wanted to see her play the part of a broken victim and just like... Instead, she was just happy to be alive and home with her family. There was the Black Death wasn't coming to murder her for not keeping up her end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And they kept rerunning this footage of her holding Lucas's hands and buying shoes with him. And they went crazy because Lucas had friended Chloe on Facebook in 2015. But she had thousands of friends requests on there. Anyone who added her, she just accepted. So she had no idea that they had been friends and that he had been internet stalking her before planning to abduct her. Chloe and Phil Green have both written books about this abduction. Some of their stories match up, some of them don't. In um, Kidnapped, the untold story of my abduction, Chloe said that her mom told her that Phil was very unhelpful At one point, he told her mom to stop calling him, and she was just trying to find her daughter. And Phil said he did everything in his power to assist Chloe. Quite frankly, I believe her mom. Yeah, I agree. Chloe feels like Phil was to blame for her abduction because he hadn't done the checks that he should have done before sending her overseas to meet a strange photographer. He legitimately could have made one phone call and just to confirm the studio and the agency was legit. And he did, mm-hmm. he did a Google search of the address and like street viewed it to make sure that it was there. Outsourcing. Sometimes it almost feels low quality and exploitative to say. We get it. You want to maintain the integrity of your company. But hey, we have a secret. You don't have to do it all. There is a way to outsource and it be high quality and value aligned. Unlike most business process outsourcing companies, Partner Hero's management team includes individuals from the startup world. So they're more than a service provider. They're also a thought partner for the startups they serve. Brands that care about quality customer experience choose Partner Hero. Partner Hero has flexible terms and the ability to scale quickly, which is perfect for startups. 
Quality assurance is baked into every program. Running a company is overwhelming, but Partner Hero can help. Their expertise is a game changer. Get out of your support inbox so you can focus on running your business. Partner Hero is perfect for companies that are experiencing rapid growth or preparing for scaling up, or maybe you just have a busy season and need a few more hands on deck. If you're ready to bring in an outside customer support help for your startup that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash gruesome to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from Gruesome and they'll waive the startup fee. She left his agency and her new agent started negotiating interview fees for people to speak with her because she was a model. Like, this is her job. People want to talk to her. People want to take pictures of her. They pay. If a media outlet couldn't or wouldn't pay, they started to print really sarcastic headlines with like the word kidnapper in quote quotes. Um, she went on Dr. Phil and he straight up said to her, if this was a publicity stunt gone wrong, the time to say so and stop this runaway train is now. Like just the obscene amount of victim blaming that happened to this girl is crazy. Um, and it didn't help that Lucas and Michael got wind of all of this media attention and they all thought like, you know, all these media outlets are saying that she's lying. And so they changed their stories in court. In court, Lucas said, word for word, she wanted to be a model and she wanted to go on reality TV. She said that she wanted to raise her profile and it would be useful to her career to create a scandal. She needed help and so I decided to help her. She had a site where if you paid money, you could see spicy photographs. She has no money. So I said I would help her. I hoped that she, in the end, she would remember me and we could be together. I loved her. But Lucas's story changed so much during the trial. that, And like he didn't even notice when he was contradicting himself, which he did a lot. Uh, and he denied that he had ever told Italian police that he had leukemia. He was just... <laughs> No, nah, he did not have it together. In the middle of the trial, his lawyer was like, we're going to do a mental health assessment on you, actually. In the middle, not before. Like, they were like, oh, he cray cray. Like, oh, he's he really he's like cray. big crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chloe didn't have to testify at his trial because she had that testimony that she had given and it had been recorded. The chief investigator testified in court that Chloe was clearly shaken and he did not believe she was complicit in her own kidnapping. He testified to all of the physical and DNA evidence. The prosecution led evidence gained from Lucas's electronics that he had plotted to kidnap her for months. He had ordered ski masks and gloves. He had Googled Chloe Ailing, Black Death, sex trafficking, ketamine, all on his personal computer. And they know this because he called his mom from prison apparently unaware that the phone calls were all recorded and asked her to destroy the evidence. <laughs> we love a dumb criminal. We love them. They're so stupid, but they make us laugh. He wanted her to dump his car and delete his emails, and he gave her his password to his computer, which is, his password was twat twat one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dildo. That's about to be my new password on my work computer. Twat, twat one. You can break in, do Connie's work for her, go nuts. 
He was convicted of kidnapping Chloe Ailing on June 11th, 2018 and sentenced to 16 years and nine months in prison. The court found no evidence that Chloe had been complicit in her own abduction. In 2019, Michael was given the same 16-year sentence that his brother got. But in January 2020, Lucas filed an appeal and got his sentence reduced by five years to just 12 years and a month because he acted out of love and didn't abandon her in an isolated area. What the fuck? Like, nope, that is not an act of love. No, an act of love would be leaving her alone. Yeah, it would have been like watching her from a distance like a normal creep instead of kidnapping her. Yeah, then you went to super creep. Like, come on. Really? And if you go to this girl's Instagram, like, she's I just went to it a little bit ago, and people are still commenting that she is lying about this. Still. It's like, I don't even know how long, seven years later. And I 100% believe it's because she is super hot and she monopolizes on that fact, which is her business, not ours. Go nuts. Go on. No, I, I support it. Get that bank, girl. Yeah. Um, she was on the bag. Celebrity Big Brother, which is a show that I have never seen, but that is what she is kind of known for right now other than this. Are you looking? Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that that is not the only reason this went the way it did. Oh, Yeah. Man, you fell off after you faked getting kidnapped. That's disgusting. Isn't it gross? Just like the worst human beings on planet. Except that's what like newspapers and stuff were saying about her. And I'm like, they, they had evidence. Like she, mm-hmm. <laughs> she had ketamine in her system. She was lured to be kidnapped by people who had plotted it for months. And there was evidence for that. And they're just going off, like, what some tabloid posted about CCTV footage. It's gross. Like, we were talking about this right before we, like, recorded about girls are immediately judged on their appearance. Which, I mean, guys are, too. So, I'm not going to, like, sit here and say it's just a girl thing. But it's, like, pretty and smart can't go together. Pretty Mm -hmm. and victim can't go together. Yeah, it's like, like you had to, like you had to have done something to warrant that happening to you because you can't, like, because bad things don't happen to pretty people. Not true, obviously. Look at us; bad things happen to us all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're full of bad shit. Hey, <laughs> um, I was just like so. I hadn't really looked at her Instagram while I was making it, but then I went back and I looked at it and I was like, she's just like doing her job. This is her job. Yeah. That's like someone being like, oh my God, podcasters. Like they (laughs) asked for this true crime because they talk about true crime. (laughs) That's going to be on our headstone one day. They asked for this. (laughs) We're asking for it. Yeah. 100%. But like, but they're not. That's not what is happening. Honey, it's 2022. If I had a body like that, I'd have that shit all over the internet too. Don't you worry. Up. No one could stop me. I would be like, bam, check it out, world. But Here I, I am. My left boob hangs lower than my right. <laughs> I'm not about him. Sorry. I had a quarter pounder for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I get naked, you're going to see that. It's right there. <laughs> I had chicken nuggets, though, so I appreciate it. Ooh, the it. new Quarter Pounder. Sponsor me, McDonald's, because I'm about to hype you. <laughs> the, the bacon? The ba- smoky bacon BLT. I, I got to the hand. middle. It was barely cooked, but I didn't even care. <laughs> I just kept going. I was like... <laughs> you're like crying. You're like, I'm gross. Just finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the way I am? Because I'm hungry. I just like scarfed this Diet Coke quarter pounder and the fries. Like, well, look, what's every next? time I get a 10 piece chicken nugget, I think like I wish there was, you know, how in kids meals and the happy meals, you have like a four piece and a six piece. Like I could really go for a 12 piece most days, I think. Like just two mm-hmm. more. <laughs> just hit me with two oh, more. Oh, I do the 10 piece and then I eat two of my kids. Like <laughs> not the You're children like, themselves, but they're mo- chicken nuggets. Tax. Yeah, chicken nugget mom tax. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Got to pay your taxes. Mom's <laughs> got to pay her taxes. Uh, yeah, it's um the British media and this they're could wild. Th- I I was trying to think of a way to say this without being like offensive to like our British listeners. I think they know. They it like, is a whole they got to know. It's a lot. It's so, and we have tabloids and stuff, and they are sensational, but, like, I think most people look at those, and they're like, oh, yeah, those are bullshit, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's the same. Do people look at them, and they're like, oh, no, those are, that's not true, or are they like, this is really what's happening? Like the National Enquirer with Batboy? Exactly. Wait, what's Batboy? It was like this little boy who was born, looked like a bat. He had, like, wings and ears. It was, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. He was on, like, every National Choir. Ugh. How dare they wave baby Mothman in front of my face like that and not follow through? How rude. They're like photoshopping before Photoshop. Yeah, look up Bat Boy, National Enquirer. I have to put this one on the post. Oh, he's scary. I like him. Mm -hmm. Look, he's so cute. Do you remember when Y2K was about to go down and (coughs) that's what all of the magazines were about? It's like doomsday on us. Zero when all the computers hit zero zero zero, we're all gonna die. I used to I remember I was like twelve and I was like, damn, when 2012 comes, we're dead. Like (laughs) one hundred percent we are done. Nostradamus Um, called it. He's never been (laughs) wrong before. Who's no I don't know who he is. It doesn't matter. He called into the world. December whatever, 2012. He's been wrong plenty of times. He was just wrong so many times. That we only started, we were just like, oh, he's right a couple of times, too. He made so many guesses. You're bound to get a couple right. Mm-hmm. No, I think. But I used to be for real, right. like, 2012 is the end. Like, what did you do the day before it had, like, it didn't happen? I laid in bed panicking, like, the next day was it. I'm not even joking when I, this is how my brain works. Like, I literally was laying in bed with my son, like, this is it. He was, like, three? Yeah. He was, he was a little baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is how I'm going down. It's like the old couple in the Titanic. Like when they're laying in bed together, I was like, this is it. And then nothing <laughs> happened. And I was like, <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened. Yeah. Tomorrow? Maybe they get the date wrong. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, I have to go to work. This sucks. <laughs> I was counting on dying today. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get out. Look, I'm still looking at this Batboy stuff. And this one is him. The headline is Bat Boy Goes to War. Coalition leaders order half human, 
half bat to take a bite out of Saddam. And it's a picture of him biting Saddam. (laughs) (laughs) There's no limits. My favorite. You're like, that's obviously not true, but. It's like Elvis Presley found with Marilyn Monroe in Texas. Like (laughs) they wouldn't be in Texas. One. All inside, they're all inclusive, private vacation. Only we have the scoop. (laughs) Only you, because you made it up. That's why. 100%. Oh, my gosh. It's just, I don't, and did you um, see that? I do love celebrity gossip, but, like, we all know it. Yeah. But did you see that new interview with Jennifer Aniston? And she was talking about how she tried to have kids for a really long mm-hmm. time. And I was just thinking about every article that was ever like, she doesn't want to have kids, blah, blah. And like, they were so mean to her. And I was just like, how dare they? What a mm-hmm. queen. Just made me sad. It's like, you never know what someone else is going through. And then like these tabloids run their mouths, run yeah. their print. It's no different than... Than anyone like you. Don't I mean, know I what read my mouth is a going bit. for through, so don't talk shit. No, or like talk I will quietly, and... not to everyone. <laughs> yeah, like don't publish it. <laughs> think it to yourself and then move on. But like to even think about someone else, like being like one, if she doesn't want to have kids and she wants to be the bad bitch that she is for the rest of her life, like she can do that. That's okay. That doesn't make her less That's of a her woman. Pick. But and you too, Chloe Ailing. If you want to be a bad bitch for the rest of your life, you go on, girl. Do it. Don't listen. You to got me. a fan over here at Gruesome Podcast. I'm <laughs> Where? clap, clap, snaps for Chloe. I'm with you. And I would have done the same thing. Like I would have. Hundred percent. You you talked about when you were kidnapped. You humanized yourself. Like and, and that's what I kept thinking about. Like I hate when I, I feel like I bring every kidnapping back, but it's hard not to. Um. Well, I, I mean, it's just like, sorry, I know not to laugh, thing. but it's like, you do have direct experience. It's and not like that's me. What it is. You're just like, what can I say to this person? You really feel that way. What can I say to this person that will make them believe that I am on their team? Mm-hmm. And like, I, re- like I said, I remember like untying myself and being like, look, I untied myself and I didn't run away. So you don't have to tie me up next time. Mm-hmm. Wink. Um, I'm going to blow this popsicle stand <laughs> as soon as you go in for thank or Easter dinner. But you just go into survival mode. So 100%, like if she was standing outside of the grocery store waiting for him and she didn't run away, it's also because he told her that the Black Death operatives were watching her at every corner, which that yeah. really got me too, that it wasn't real. Because I was like full in. I was like, my God, this is yeah, really Yeah, you told happening. me it was real. And then it was like... I didn't say it was real. I was like, I said the article was real. I walked, I danced around that very gently. (laughs) I'm going to pull my bullshit button out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just the air horn. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. That little bitch. Like he is such a little bitch. And she was so young too, like 19 when this was happening. Like, I would feel overwhelmed. And even still, she's like 24 now, so she's still really young. She's still just a baby. I was talking uh, to my friend at school, and she told me that she was valedictorian of her high school class. And I was like, it's not fair. You can't be hot and smart. It's 
a twofer isn't it doesn't work like that but it does it does work like that but i was just, just gonna... i was joking with her obviously because obviously we're all hot and smart we, we are all brains. hot and smart <laughs> <laughs> snap snap i had a job sorry if i sound a little scratchy today i realized about halfway through i was like "Ooh, i feel it i don't think you sound it you don't uh, okay good thank you Maybe I just feel it. I had a job interview today for a promotion, and I didn't wear my power blazer. I wore this, like, really nice, like, vintage looking sweater. It's really cute. I didn't even notice it had, like, plaid on it until you lifted yeah. your arms into the light. It's, like, fall. Ooh. I'm going to repeat this outfit on Thanksgiving because I love the love it so much. <laughs> it's very Thanksgiving vibes. That sweater says, you'll never be able to tell how much pumpkin pie I ate. Yeah, because it's a little droopy. <laughs> But I got through the halfway through the interview, and as they were asking me a question, my brain checked out, and I was like, "I should have worn my power blazer." <laughs> it keeps me in power. Keeps me. In gives my me power. that little. Gives you that extra oomph. No, she killed it. She's gonna be the HR lady of the world one day. <laughs> I just want to work from home so I can work on the podcast. <laughs> and if you work with me, no, you don't. You didn't <laughs> you hear this. Mean, you didn't. You didn't hear that. Um, the, that's what I was going to say. What if, because you said there was a grumpy guy in your interview. What if mm -hmm. he, he, what if he's like a secret fan and that's why he didn't want to like show any emotion? He was mm. like, can't, can't let her know. If you are a grumpy guy, we know that you're just a secret fan. It's okay. You're a secret fan. <laughs> Stan. Oh, yeah. I just, I feel, I hate when like you, People who have issues with, like, anxiety and other things that, like, I have to deal with, I prepare so hard. And then for it to not go exactly as I planned, I'm like, fuck it. I quit. I'm done. And I just, like, <laughs> lay back in my chair like, this is it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm done. Um... I just remembered that I was going to tell you this sad story that I learned about um, Reddit. Reddit, yes. So I have it written down. It says Reddit. Ask about Reddit. So one of the co-founders of Reddit, when he was in college, because they were he was super young when they were working on it, um, believed in like free information, and he went to college, I think at MIT, and he was loading up like like academic papers, textbooks on hard drives so that he could like release them to mm -hmm. the world, like make that information free because he believed it should be free. And um, he got arrested for it. Like they arrested him and they were for downloading all of this content and they were going to put him in jail and he um, committed suicide. Oh my God. Yeah. And just for like, you know, it was, it's like the whole like hacktivism stuff you know like you can't i like it like i'm of that mindset as well like i don't think textbooks should cost that much money i think you should just be able to you know check out any textbook you need from a library why wouldn't you be able to um but it just made me really sad that he was just trying to help people and he was put in a position where he felt like he had to like that was his way out it made me sad and it's uh the Sad fact is there is so much information out there that us common folk don't have access to. 
Yeah, but that's how it's, there's this, um, it's like, I don't know how, it's not a cult. It's it's like the people with the most books have all the power and like the Vatican has more books than anyone else and they're in all the power. It's like this weird mm-hmm. underground theory that I don't know enough to like really talk about, but it's kind of the same thing. Like it's like gatekeeping knowledge and gatekeeping information. And when, mm-hmm. you know, colleges have these like high price points where, you know, the common person can't pay to get in or they have to, you know, go into debt to keep them at a stagnant level. Like that shit fires me up. That makes me so mad. And recently, remember, I took all my books from the shadow library. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They shut it down. The FBI shut it down and they arrested the people. And there was like on book talk, people were going nuts because they were like, that's how I get my books. Like I'm not allowed to read these books at home. That's how I get my textbooks because this is how I get buy books or how I get books because I can't afford them all these different reasons but the authors on the other hand were like no this is stealing you're stealing our and i i feel you i really do but i also like if you're an author and people are going out of their way to steal your books i kind of think that's a little bit of a compliment too yeah that's how that's why when people listen to like with us if they're like i can't like i can't pay on patreon i but i'm not going to listen to any of these i'm going to skip through everything and i'm like i don't care yeah, like, it literally does not matter to us. We're just happy you're here. We're happy you're here. Like, we talk about things like we think are pretty cool, but like, if you're not into that. Sorry, I knocked my cup over. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one in there. But like, if you're <laughs> if you're going out of your way to listen to us, like, bro, I'm good with that. Yeah, if you subscribe for one month and just like binge all the bonus episodes, that's on you. We just appreciate you. Yeah, I'm good you. with that too. We're just happy you're here. Mm-hmm, truly, truly. But that did bum me out because I um, went to go get uh, an academic paper. <laughs> and it Is this was- that one you sent me that I read where the crawdads sing on? Yeah, if you go to it now, uh, it just says the FBI has seized this site. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, and full on, if you look up uh, it's Z Library, if you look up Z Library on TikTok, so many TikToks about it. They were like legitimately fighting. I know it's, it's like, not as cut and dry as like, you shouldn't steal. Yeah, well, I'm poor, but it's also kind of like. But it's true. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it someone should not have to take out a student loan that they're going to be paying off for the rest of their lives for $5,000 worth of books for one it's semester. It's absolutely obscene. Like, you're think- already paying $30,000 a year for college. Yep. Like, you're already right. paying that much. My kids' book. My kids' book fees are like two, three, four hundred dollars. And those are cheap book fees. Yeah. And it's like like, they don't even get to keep the books. (laughs) (laughs) And we appreciate the authors and all the people making that like they deserve to be paid for their content. I think that would be the worst author. Textbooks and stuff, I just feel like mm, I'm not as uh I'm not as agreeable with that. Also, when you get to an academic level, you can, like, kind of work the system. Like, if you write a textbook and then you can require all your students to buy it, like, that seems like there's something wrong there. Uh Uh-huh. Like, if you wrote it, don't you have a bunch of copies? Just give them one. (laughs) I feel the same way about, like, the cost of prescription medicines. Mm -hmm. Like, a kid should not be put in debt for the rest of their life. Because if you're one of those people who want to come at me and be like, I can go to trade school. 
they can absolutely and there's nothing wrong with that like I have <laughs> you girls my, doing it right now my oldest had like has been asked he's 12 and he's been asking us a lot of questions about like welding and things like that and I'm like bro that's where the money like go do it but it's not free like you're it's still very expensive it is. and it's I like I still have to take out student loans to go to community college which when community college was introduced it was free it mm-hmm. was free in like the 70s and then they were like mm, it's not free anymore took you and a lot of the trade schools whether it be like dental hygiene hairstylist you have to be at school every single day so doing that work like how are you supposed to take care of your family you know like yeah that's why i have to take out student loans because mm-hmm. i'm like I, yes, you know, my, I have like a Pell Grant that covers like my tuition, but then I'm like, I'm here Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. until like 6 p.m. some days, like, you know, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. hey, sorry, I just left school. And you're like, why were you that long? Yep. And it just gets like, I have classes until nine o'clock in the spring. And it it just just gets worse (laughs) until you're done. It sucks. Cause then you have like, you have the kids who are able to go to school, party it up, have the time of their life, and they're not worrying about a damn thing because they were fortunate enough to have parents that can pay for it. And then you have the kids who are working five or six jobs while they're in school to pay for any side hustle they can just yeah. to like eat ramen every day. To pay an overpriced education where they're going to get out the gate making less than what they paid for school. When that is That's the kicker, right? Like you get out and you're – fifty thousand dollars in debt but they only want to pay you thirty four thousand dollars a year and you're just like mm-hmm. why did I do this mm-hmm. and then like I I was having a lot of difficulty with my ADHD medicine and I was trying to try all these different things like and there was one medicine that is supposed to be like the gold standard but it didn't have a generic and so I was like okay well what is the cost of it? Like, what if I just paid it out of pocket? Because, like, my insurance didn't cover it. I was like, what if I just paid it out of pocket? It's like $400 a month. And it's like, yeah, no, I think I'll just, like, not get shit done. (laughs) I think I'll just let my laundry sit a couple more days. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, like, nah, it's good. Or, like, my mother-in-law's insulin. Like, my mother-in-law has to take insulin. And um, she has spent, like, her entire, like, 40s and 50s thinking she was type 2 diabetic but it comes out like her her body produces zero insulin like she's type 1 diabetic and she's been a type 1 diabetic like probably for her entire life is what they said and um her pump that she did she just like not did she eat healthy as a kid like yeah well because you know yeah i don't know because she's been on insulin for so many years and she said that when she was younger, she used to be, like, hypoglycemic. So she would, like, her blood sugar would drop and she would, like, pass out. And it was just like, oh, you have low blood sugar. But she is diabetic and she has to get, like, a pump. And she was telling me the cost of those. And it's, like, it's insane. It is Like, crazy. it's insane. She Absolutely had – well, you know how she had neck surgery? She got the first of her um, cervical neck fusion. So the neurosurgeon bill and, like, the hospital stays. So her surgery was – she went to the hospital for shoulder pain thinking that she just like had pulled something and then it was like chest pain. So she thought like, holy shit, like I'm having a heart attack. But she almost had an internal de- decapitation. That's how bad the neck, oh, her neck so disc scary. were. 
terrifying. So when she went to the hospital, they kept her. They wouldn't let her leave because it was dangerous. Like anything could like make this bad. So she had emergency neck surgery and it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like granted, she has really good insurance because she like works the same type of job I do. But it it's like, uh, I think the... Still, like, it's what you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or you die if you don't have really good insurance. Yeah, like $200,000. It's like, and the bills haven't even, they're not even done. And it's like so American health care for you. Ugh. Ugh. Scams. Ugh. Sorry we went on that tangent, guys. You can tell that we are both scorned. <laughs> we are. We are mad at the system. Anarchy. <laughs> College should be free. Drop med- prescription medication should be free. And should it cost two hundred thousand dollars to have a surgery? Like <laughs> these are just common. These are true, though. I mean, I think most people would agree with you. When my daughter was in the NICU for three days, it was a fifty thousand dollar bill. It's like you have to be out of touch with reality to think that that's okay. Mm-hmm. To like be like, oh yeah, that seems like a reasonable price to pay to have a baby and make sure it lives. Yeah, I'm going to be paying and think like we had great insurance, but otherwise like my I, I'd be filing bankruptcy because I don't have $50,000. I'd be like, uh, dip it out on this check. Let me just take my baby and run. <laughs> You'll never find me. I got to move. I got to move after that one. Move and change my name to MD. <laughs> to MD. Go on the dark web. Hire out my hitman services. Hi. 33-year-old female, ASL, <laughs> looking for side hustle as Hitman. Holler at your girl. Mostly I poisonings, mean, please. Yeah. Please don't. Nothing gross. <laughs> Nothing too gross. <laughs> or too hard. What's not too gross or too hard? <laughs> like, we're talking murder here. You're going to be a Hitman? You're like, I'll kill your kid's pet fish. No questions asked. Yeah. No, that's too gross. <laughs> I'd be like, no, that poor fish. <laughs> I know. We have a beta fish that I thought for sure was going to die in like a day, and that baby is still trekking around. So now I'm partial. I'm a fish girl. <laughs> You're a fish. Singular okay. fish girl. What's your fish names? What's your fish's name? Gary. Gary. We have very, like, our elf on the shelf is George. Like when my kids, speaking of when, he's coming this week. December 1st. Oh, you do December 1st? Uh-huh. That sucks because we do Black Friday because apparently that's when he's supposed to come. Really? I didn't know. I just say December 1st. That's what my kid told me. She's probably tricking me. She's like, ah, ha, ha, <laughs> My what? elf's coming early. Whoever was- designed that can fuck off. My sister-in-law was like, oh, no. Santa doesn't have to send an elf to our house. And I was like, look, if Santa sent an elf to my house, Santa's sending an elf to your house. <laughs> I'm going to send that damn elf to your house. <laughs> that I'm actually sending to one. Town. I'm sending one to St. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> have fun Enjoy. moving your elf and moving. Best of luck, sister. COVID was dope, though, when it happened because I was like, they're in quarantine. Don't touch I just, it. You I hate that. waking up at like, you know, I know I wake up early anyways, but like when I wake up and I'm like, <gasps> I forgot to move. The elf. We I always somewhere. just say, and then like, you just want to look at him and be like, did something happen yesterday? 
Why then your elf move? Is that what you do? No, that would be horrific. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Maybe that works. Like, oh, your elf must have not went to Santa because we're listening. Just <laughs> gaslight my kids into telling. <laughs> Isn't that what the elf is for? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> One time I gave it a broken leg. <laughs> I never do cute things. I just, it goes to just different spots in the house. That's it. Just like, oh, it's here now. Sometimes I put it in the dollhouse, but I don't really, I, I can't get too cute with it. I don't have that kind of time. Or I don't capacity. have that kind of mental, yeah, like my brain does <laughs> not work like that. Like, where does it want to go? Sit in mom's office? I saw on um, on Amazon they have like a kit. I almost bought it. Different. I did too. I have it in my wish list. I'm like, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I thought. Nah. Like, I don't need to spend $25 on this. I'll be honest. I don't even know where that damn elf is right now. I think it's in the top drawer somewhere of like my husband's dresser. And gotta so find it. To keep it. Old, old George. They're going to open that on like St. Patrick's Day and be like, oh, he must have come for a visit. We have a leprechaun too. Did you know? We don't do the leprechaun. <sighs> I didn't want to do the leprechaun either. It's YouTube's fault. And all those YouTube families and their leprechauns making my kid think that I'm a YouTube family. I'm not. <laughs> the best part is you get an older kid and then they stop believing and then you enlist them to move the elf. Gee, is that how it works? Man, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. My oldest no. is part, we part time it. He is like way more creative. I got like four years in between. I think I can make that happen in like a couple years. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, maybe around 11, 10. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to think about the magic going out of my kids making me sad. <laughs> I'm just like booting it out to get the self out of here. Like <laughs> you're just like sooner his guy's gone, the better. <laughs> we should have had a trigger warning talking about Santa and elves and sorry guys. <laughs> Not the episode for your kids. All right, on that note, I gotta get ready for Thanksgiving. Cheers. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I didn't even do a Thanksgiving episode. Suck it. Oops. Breaking all. <laughs> you know I love themes. <laughs> I know. I love them so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. 
Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we are gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.